Greetings, everyone, and welcome. We have such a treat for you this evening as we welcome back an artist we had on the show late last year in 2020 as the flames of COVID-19 were just kind of gripping the world. And she brought us a bit of sunshine, you know, a little sunshine to all of you out there. Please join me in welcoming back New York-based singer-songwriter Megan Pullis. Megan, welcome to the show. Hi, Eddie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so oh, happy to be here. We're honored to have you back on the show. So much is going on, and we're so excited to have indie artists actually back on the air again, back in front of a mic, and back on stages in some situations. So, yeah, this is so exciting to have you back again. And for those listeners out there who maybe didn't catch that previous interview uh, with Emilentino, we'll kind of go over some very basic fundamentals here. But you got your start at a very early age, at 17, just kind of writing songs in your bedroom, right? Yeah, I did. I started off just kind of, it, it was my way and a, like a lot of songwriters, it was our way to process those hard emotions of being a teenager and uh, just, yeah, writing about boys and all that. <laughs> that never stops though, right? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's a fun question for you. What would you tell your 17-year-old self now? Huh. I would tell her to have more confidence because something that you write might be more impactful than you think. I love that. And not just for yourself, but for the listeners as well, because you never know who's going to be touched by that music. Now, you were classically trained in opera, right? And then made the leap to singer-songwriter. Yeah. How did that How did that? Oh, how did, how did that happen? Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no, it's fine. Um, so you know what? Hold on. Hold on just a second. Yeah. That's going to be difficult for Scott to clean up. Let me just redo the question because he can edit out that. All good. Okay. Okay, so you were classically trained in opera and then made the leap to singer-songwriter. How did that transpire? What, what's the story behind that? That seems like quite a jump. Yeah, so it was it was definitely a jump. I think I think it was always in my soul to be a songwriter. It was always something that I did even when I was studying opera in college. I would still turn to that. And I don't think I had enough confidence to pursue being a songwriter in college. I think it took me a huge journey. I had to go on a huge journey of finding my voice and finding that confidence and being able to go in front of people and speak about what I'm doing. I, I kid you not, I was terrified of speaking. I was just, I just did not want to speak in front of people I didn't know. And I think when I found, when I figured out that songwriting is what I'm supposed to do, I noticed that when I talked about it, it was so natural. It was like second nature to me and I wasn't afraid to speak about it because it was just like an extension of who I am. And yeah, I think the storytelling aspect really, really just awakens me. You know, being an opera singer, you're not really writing anything or communicating, but you're still telling a story to an audience when you're performing. So I think I was, that kind of crossover. Yeah, I was about to make that comparison, yet you 
had to make a choice between Broadway and music, obviously. But here's the thing. They're both storytelling devices, right? And yes. that's so I think you landed on, the, on that perfectly right there. So you moved to New York at the ripe age of 23. How many people land in New York about the same age with hopes and dreams? What was going on in your mind and your heart at the age of 23 when you arrived in New York? Well, I was so excited to be here. I had wanted to live here since I was five years old. Um, it was a dream to be here, to be around all the artists, all of the different types of culture. And it was, it's such an inspiring place to live. And I it think, is. yeah. You're, def you're definitely right. It's very artsy. I mean, the, there's so much creative uh, juice in the air, if you want to call it that. Yeah. So <laughs> I wanted to ask you about your music and music in general, because there's a generalized question here I kind of want to land on with you. And that is, what do you think about music as, as a healing tool, as a catalyst for maybe a sense of self-worth or potential messenger of hope? I mean, we can make, we can use all the warm and fuzzy acronyms we want to, but the general question stays the same. Uh, do you see it as a, as a healing tool or a messenger of hope? Oh, it is so much that that is perfectly, perfectly said, Eddie. It is so much a healing device for you, the writer and expressor and singer and the person who's on the other end of the headphones who is listening to your story and your message and you're helping them heal. And it's just such an amazing force that we have in this world to help people to encourage them, to give them like a musical hug. Like I say with my music, I want people to get a musical hug. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Well, then I guess in that sense, you would agree that, that music can be a catalyst for, for a sense of self-worth because people listen to that music. They listen to your story and suddenly they realize, you know what? Maybe I'm OK. Maybe I'm not as broken as I thought I was. Yes. Yes, for sure. You you hear someone else's struggles and you say, oh, my gosh, I'm not the only other person in the world that's going through this. And that brings a comfort that is an indescribable comfort of connecting two souls who normally wouldn't be connected before. Exactly. You know, some, some of the music, and I've heard these analogies before, sometimes someone will hear a song and, and they're thinking, my gosh, are you reading my text messages and my emails? This sounds like it was written about me. How do you know my story? <laughs> and they yeah. think that they're the only ones going through it. They're, they're just not, you know, it's a more universal challenge than that. So you, your first EP came out in October, 2019. Keep the light on. You, you want to talk about that just for a moment? Yeah. So that was, that was my first, my first EP. And it's a collection of songs that really discuss mental health challenges, grief, talks about hope. And it was just such a, a, a really good start for me because it was when I first started to really share those really personal things. And I think starting off and sharing those really personal things was, it just put me on this like road to just getting more and more deep with my listeners. And Absolutely. I believe that the deeper that you get with your listeners, the more, you know, the more they're going to receive that and appreciate that. 
Absolutely. And thank you for being so transparent in your writing and willing to just kind of put yourself out there on that limb. I want to talk about something for just a minute, just looking at your streaming. And I'm only going to talk about Spotify here because I think I can make my point just with Spotify alone. I'm going to talk about three of your songs. I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. Songs like How Much Longer, 46,000 streams. Light After Lost, 24,000 streams. Ghost of Sound, 15,000 streams. Just those three songs, you're over 100,000 streams just on Spotify. That's not the other platforms. What would you attribute the success of your streams to? So the most, the, the how much longer, that is my, that's my pandemic hymn. And that, it, I just, it still blows my mind, but it doesn't about how, just how that song is so vulnerable. That song is so vulnerable and it's, it was written out of a global pandemic. And I put all of my fears and all of my sadness and grief into that song. And right. I do think that it comes out in that recording. That recording was done in my bedroom. Wow. It was done in my bedroom and it, I performed it on an instrument that I had just got a month before. So it's one of those things that I think people can just really relate to it because we all feel that way. We're all waiting for an end date for this. And it's not it's not seeming to come. I know, but, right? Every time we think there's light at the end of the tunnel, someone closes the window. So, yeah. But so yeah. I want to give people, you know, a little and bit what, of hope in that. What about light after loss? That is another very, very personal song. I wrote that song for a friend or a former director, actually, in Florida, where I'm from, who passed away from cancer. And wow. he, I, I wrote it for his wife. And I just wanted to write something for her to give her, you know, to let her know that she wasn't alone and, and how much he meant to me. And I actually played it at the funeral, which was the hardest thing I probably ever had to do because wow. I had to go out there and just bear my soul and my grief for people through the song. And But at the same time, it is such a healing song because it just talks about how there is hope after death. And there is a light that we can find out of a tragedy like death. And that is just incredible. And, you know, I can sympathize with you because I went through that exact thing just a few months ago. I lost a dear friend of mine who's also in the music industry. She was killed by a drunk driver and I had to perform a song at her funeral. It's not easy to do. It's it sounds horrible to try. It's even worse to try to actually do. So I sympathize yeah. with you. Sorry, OK, so. That's okay. Thank you so much for that. And sorry for your loss. Uh, it sounds like all of your songs are, are very well connected and deeply rooted in your own life and your own life experiences. But just so that our listeners have the answer to the question that we ask, what would you attribute the success of your streams to? 100,000 streams just on Spotify. And so 
if you had to sum it up in a, just a short sentence, what would you attribute that success to? Because there's lots of other indie artists out there who are not where you are, who would like to know, gosh, what is she doing right? Because that's what I need to be doing. So I really truly believe that putting yourself out there in the most authentic way is what will get you that that type of success. Okay, so authenticity, okay. Authenticity is it's huge. And putting truth in your music that reaches a lot of people. I know there is there's a line that Paul Simon says. He's like I, I love Paul Simon. He, huge oh, fan. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> yes. There's a line that he says and he says start with the truth because the truth will always, you know, it will always get you somewhere or whatever. So I, I keep that with me as a mantra. You know, when I'm afraid, if I'm writing and I'm afraid to, you know, in my head, I say, oh, I, I don't know if I want to share that. That's too dark. I kind of take a second and I go, OK. If you share this, you're going to help somebody. So you can either keep this to yourself or you can put it out into the world and you can have that light come back to you. Sure, because if you just apply a filter to it, then you're only giving them part of the story, and so they can only feel part of the story. So that's that's true. So where are you headed, musically speaking, for the balance of 2021 and kind of going into 2022? Where's Megan headed next? Yeah, so I'm I'm very excited. I'm gonna be. So I've been working on an all indie female album called Fem Frequency. Cool. Um, being put out by produced by a girl and we're releasing on Monday. So that's exciting. And I have, I have about, uh, yeah, I have three songs on that album. So what's it called again? Sick. Uh, Femme, Femme Frequency. Okay, cool. So yeah, I have two kind of folk songs on there and then I have one, sort of EDM pop song that I that I wrote. Um, I wrote 85% of it. And uh, yeah, there's some there's some new flavors for me, which I'm excited to put out. Um, and then the following Friday, I have a lullaby coming out with my friend Eric Bay from Oh, that's cool. Um, so yeah, there's there's just a lot of new music coming out. And it's just very exciting to to just to see if if people are going to receive the the different sounding stuff but i'm excited that is so cool congratulations on the new releases by the way it's so Thanks. exciting to see artists continuing to drop new music especially when it's a collaboration you know split sheets are fun but the music's more fun <laughs> Yeah. So, Megan, thank you so much for stopping by to visit with us again. We love having you. Uh, where can listeners find you online? All right. Yeah. So you can find me. You can find me on Spotify, Amazon, Apple Music, all of the things under Megan Pullis. Then you can follow me on Instagram, Megan Pullis. You can follow me on Twitter, Megan Pullis 89. You can Find me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Meg Pullis. I think I hit all the socials. Oh, I also have a Patreon. So 
if you're interested in, in joining my Patreon community, which is with a focus on healing and music and emotion, you can go to patreon.com slash Megan Pullis. Great. And your, did you mention your website? I missed it. Oh, no, I did not. My website is meganpullis.com. There we go. Okay, cool. <laughs> Thank you so much again, Megan. Please stop by again and kind of keep us updated on what's going on with your career, what's going on with your me with your music, and you know how you're touching lives out there. That is so cool. All righty, folks. Now we're gonna get back to the music right here on Heart of Indie Radio. <laughs> 